Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi there. You're listening to Royals. It's the only podcast that goes behind the walls of Buckingham Palace. I'm your host for today, Zoe Burrell, and I'm a writer about all things royal at New Idea magazine. And I'm Angela Mollard. I'm a journalist, author, and proud royal expert. And on the show today, we're going to be chatting all about the lavish lives of the mini royals. Exciting, isn't it? We're (laughs) going to talk about the royal twins who've become style icons. And Princess Charlotte's multi-million dollar playhouse. And Mary and Fred's international exchange. Oh, lots of stuff to chat about today. (laughs) Not sitting at a bus stop waiting for the, you know, 711, are they? (laughs) Very lavish. In fact, I got major royal envy when I was researching this topic. I just suddenly... I don't know. Sometimes you just think, God, they're so lucky. Aren't they? <laughs> um, I hope they appreciate it. Anyway, let's kick off with what, who are we going to talk about first? Oh, well, I think we'll start off with the royal twins of Monaco. I mean, they're only five. I know. But they have uh, a super pretty cute, though. life. They do have a very lavish <laughs> life. So this is Princess Gabriella and Princess Jacques of uh, Monaco. They are the children of uh, the reigning monarch, Albert the second. Um, he, of course, is married to Charlene, Princess Charlene. I love the fact that there's a Charlene in the royal, you know, Monaco, where one in three Monaco residents are millionaires. So it's it's not like, you know, oh my gosh. Uh, exactly. They're, they're, <laughs> they're born into uh, into a principality. Absolute. I mean, it's the, the, the race car driver and yachting epicenter of the world, isn't it? Have you, I've actually been there. I've never been. You cannot get anything to eat for less than 50 bucks. Honestly. That's probably why I haven't been. <laughs> Don't go. Honestly, it's, it is ridiculously expensive. I was there for a day and a half and it's like, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, I can't eat for the rest of the week because it was, it was so expensive. Anyway, these two are utterly gorgeous. They're both five. As you said, they had these really cute little birthday parties for their fourth birthday. They had a superhero party and the local five brigade in Monaco came to their birthday party to show off the fire engine and whatnot. And for their fifth birthday, they had a Smurf theme party. Now, this is all very normal. This is what kids, you know, most kids do. They had a jumping castle. They probably had a jumping castle that was actually castle sized as opposed to, you know, the two metre by two metre that people pump up in their back garden. They are really stylish. I mean, their mum, Charlene, loves fashion. And so you see these two, uh, often they on their mum's social media. But I particularly like the one time they stepped out on a red carpet event and they were wearing leather jackets and sunglasses. Oh, matching as yeah, well, wasn't so it? Yeah, so cute. Adorable. And she's, she's quite matchy-matchy with them. I mean, I think that's the hard thing with twins, isn't it, how matchy to go. But look, they've been to Disneyland. They go to multiple events. They've, we've seen them on yachts. Their mum is actually really involved in their lives. I mean, they have, you know, obviously a panoply of nannies and all sorts of staff. But she once said that it was often exhausting and that she was very hands-on. So, yes, they are cute. Interesting to see what they become like as teenagers, though, because uh, you can become, you know, you can be precocious when you're little and very annoying when you're a teenager. <laughs> and there are so. a couple of wild wild children, weren't there, from the Monaco oh, royal family? Oh, yes. History? Stephanie, <laughs> particularly. I mean, I think she uh, married or shacked up with every circus performer in the whole <laughs> principality. It's funny, isn't it? Because you have this, it's, I wonder if sometimes when you're, 
born into that level of luxury and wealth where every panel and every room and every corridor has sort of got gold leaf on it, whether you then just want a bit of rough, you know, you want to live (laughs) with the circus or do something that that's more alive. I mean, I wonder how staid it feels. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. And how do you think their sort of life compares mm. to the Cambridge children yes. over in the UK? Well, obviously the Cambridge kids are the most famous royal children in the world, George, Charlotte and Louis. And I think their parents are doing a tremendous job of giving them the most normal childhood that they possibly can. I mean, they revel in their time up at Anne Mahal in Sandringham. We see their Christmas photos and things taken there. Kate's talked about on a recent podcast where she talked about mothering, how she really loves those moments where the children are immersed in nature. She's done a lot of early childhood work. She's talked a lot about nature. In fact, all her passions, photography, nature, um, gardening, uh, early childhood education, they all suggest very much that she wants her children to have this beautiful, quiet upbringing. I mean, the kids were apparently lambing last week with um, with, on their half term with with William. And I think that there's a real drive to give them some normalcy. But also, I think in this, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around mental health and nature being a... uh, a sort of a wonderful treatment for people with anxiety and, dep- and depression for immersing in nature can make you feel purposeful and relaxed. And I think sh- they I mean, they know all the research. They have access to the best top research. I also think Kate's own upbringing has meant that she wants to give that to her children. She had a very happy upbringing, lots of sports, happy, healthy, nice holidays, very middle class, of course, but very close and tight knit, very close to family. And I think that's what she's endeavouring to um, impart to her children. From William, I think we get the Princess Diana influence. And of course, Princess Diana was the first real royal mum to submerge her children in ordinary life. They went to theme parks. They went to McDonald's. They went and visited the homeless. They went and visited AIDS patients. She made them aware of their privilege in a way that previous generations hadn't. I mean, the Queen, you know, uh, educated by governesses, brought up in palaces largely by nannies. They were really inoculated from the world. Now, they're very much immersed in the world, and whereas in the past they would sort of open a commercial enterprise or that have a sort of shaking hands or red curtain moment with a charity and that open a plaque. Now they're fully immersed in the things that the, the charities and the patronages that they undertake. So they talk to the subjects. They're not just there as sort of uh, figureheads for these uh, organisations. They absolutely immerse themselves in the work that they do. You know, they crouch down. They didn't used to crouch down. I mean, you never saw pictures of the Queen crouching down at eye level with children and that sort of thing. And I think that they're trying to impart that, particularly with George Louis and uh, and Charlotte, that um, to have an understanding of the every man, every person, every child, like this is what it's like for them. That said, they do have their $35,000 a year <laughs> education at Thomas's in Battersea, which is a fair whack of money for, for a kid, so that their peers will be, you know, the, the wealthy of London as well. I mean, God, wouldn't you just want your child if you were in that year to be friends with them? I mean, yes. imagine that as your lifelong, you know, Prince George's round for play day at know. the palace. Well, they'll all be positioning themselves to be Prince um, George's uh, groom at his wedding. Uh, what do they call them? Um, best man. And, you know, that, 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 and there'll be some really, uh, you know, uh, middle class, upper class British women are very ambitious for their kids. So, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I think that uh, it's interesting, but I think they're doing a terrific job of, yeah. of, of 
embracing what it is to be royal and yet having their feet very firmly on the ground. Of course, though, with Archie all the way over in the US and Canada, mm. what's what's his upbringing going to be like now compared to his cousins? It's interesting, isn't it, Zoe? Because he's certainly not going to have a if, I mean, if they stay there, he's not going to go to a British school, presumably. I mean, he's not going to go to Eton like his father. We don't know what sort of education that he might have. He might go to a Montessori kindergarten. He may, you know, they may travel all the time. He may be homeschooled. We don't know what decisions they're going to make. What we do know is that they want a very, very private life for him. Uh, whether they'll manage to achieve that remains to be seen, obviously. But I feel very sad that he's not... Um, immersed in the wider family. You know, there is so, of any time to be born into the royal family, this is the time because there's so many kids. And, <laughs> you know, it's easy for them to get together because they, it's not like they have to hire out a scout hall to, to have a party. They have multiple palaces and houses and there's fun things to do. They own tractors. They have farms. They have rivers that are solely there, you know, that they preside over. They have all these amazing play opportunities that, you know, if they want to put up a bouncy castle, it's not like they're having to think, will it fit? It will fit. Um, (laughs) And I think it's a real shame that Archie's not part of that. I mean, and also for George, Charlotte and Louis, gorgeous for them to look after a a little cousin, you know. Um, He's fairly close in age to to Louis. Uh, That could be a friendship throughout his life and yet he's sort of uh, being denied that because of the falling out between uh, William and Harry you would hope that they would think longer term. I'm not sure that family and that close, secure uh, family relationship that, uh, that say, Kate has wanted for her children is, is necessarily that important to someone like Megan. I mean, she, she's, that's not her background. She doesn't have that experience of a, of a tangle of siblings, you know, sort of falling over each other and, and um, having biffs and, and laughs. And I think... I think Harry, though, would want that for his child. And, you know, presumably he would want more children, although they've said they only want two. Nevertheless, I think it's a real sadness that he's not going to be engaged with that. And I think at every opportunity, they should be taking him back to the UK to form those friendships and those relationships with their cousins. I mean, you see how much fun someone like George has with Isla and Savannah Phillips or with... um, Zara Phillips's children, uh, Mia and Lena, you know, they're, they're all kind of under eight. Well, Savannah and Isla are a little bit older, but they're all sort of around the same age. That's the ideal opportunity. That's what everyone wants from their cousins. And unfortunately, I think Archie's going to be quite separated from that. So we don't know what sort of schooling he might have. We don't know what sort of personality. We, we know very, very little about him. And I'm not saying that we need to know, but you just hope that he was a little bit more enmeshed not just in family, but in some of the wonderful things that the royal family stands for, which is, uh, you know, a sense of duty and uh, and st- uh, stability. And, yeah, you, uh, it'll be interesting to th- see. I don't think where they are now is where they will always be. I think there's a I, – I don't think that the North American experiment will necessarily be what's still happening in 10 years' time. In fact, I think that that family – uh, or all manner of things could happen to that family. Whereas I think we can predict where Kate and William will be in 10 years. I, I have no idea about Meghan and Harry and what their lives might look like and in all fac- uh, faculties when it comes to work, their relationship, 
their child rearing, I, I, I think that's no one can predict what might happen there. Mm, exactly. Um, of course, though, they obviously wanted to give Archie a relatively normal upbringing. And we know that there are some other royals out there, aren't there, that have quite yeah. normal childhoods. Oh, like Zara <laughs> Phillips' kids have a very normal uh, childhood. So lots of the European royalties, despite the fact that they have multiple palaces and castles and things. I think Mary and Fred have a fairly normal um uh, obviously, our Mary with um, in, in Denmark, they have a fairly normal uh, upbringing. Although they have got much criticism recently for taking the kids and going to Switzerland, where they've been. That um, all four children have been at a school in Switzerland. I think this is a terrific idea. I mean, Frederick's going to take over the throne relatively shortly. Um, their children are, I think, underneath tw- uh, twelve and under. So it's a time at which they can actually move, and you, you know, before you get into serious exams and that. These kids are, you know, fairly um, cloistered in, in, in their environment. It's great for them to have an idea of what's happening in other countries and to live for a term as they're doing in um, in Switzerland. I mean, I know they're living in a ski area where they can go skiing, but, you know, why shouldn't they? And there's been criticism of the fact that it costs $100,000 for their 12-week stay. But what a great thing for them to do, you know, an experience to make friendships with kids in another country, to understand it, to have some family time together and keep their family close uh, before royal duties call on them. Yes, he is. Um, Prince Christian's 14. Sorry, I was just checking that. So he's not yet at that stage where he's sitting the major exams. I think it's a really smart thing to do. Of course, Mary's also brought the kids uh, with Fred to uh, Australia. We've seen them on the Gold Coast swimming, um, boogie boarding. We've seen them when they've gone to Tasmania to to visit her family. I think they're doing as much as they possibly can to give them a a normal upbringing. In fact, they're so normal that they had that Airbnb, remember, that they were renting out. So just like the rest of us, they need to make a bit of coin on the side. Um, look, that's the only thing they've actually been criticised for in all the years that uh, Mary has been part of the royal family. But I quite like the fact that, you know, <laughs> they've got this, why not use it? You know, in a world that we want to be more sustainable and less waste, if you've got somewhere that people can stay, use it and and make some money from it. I think it's great. But yeah, there's been a bit of uh, sneering about that. I think these kids are really lucky in so much there's four of them. They, you know, this company for them in a, in a way that I don't think Archie has and probably never will have. Mm, it's a shame, isn't it? It is a shame. Um, and just finally, before we wrap up, I know the Spanish royals also lead a pretty luxurious life, I love the they? Spanish royals because these, um, <laughs> no one really knows them and what their names are, but King Philippe of Spain's children. So he's got two daughters. Their names are uh, Leonor, she's 14, and 12-year-old Sophia. And actually last year, oh, I think it was last year, Leonor gave the speech at an event and she was really poised and she, she was would have only been sort of 12, 13 then. And she's, she's clearly, um, I mean, they're a very elegant looking family. But they <laughs> love the fact that they have five country residences, uh, eight palaces, and they've also got 10 monasteries and convents that oh. they own as well. So <laughs> can you imagine, I'm like, which one should we go to this month? Anyway, I love this little anecdote. The girls attend this school, this exclusive school called the Santa Maria de la Rosales School in Madrid. And one former student has said that one of the things that you learn at the school is not only good table manners, um, but how to descend a set of stairs quietly. 
Shouldn't oh. every kid be taught that? <laughs> Not just royal kids. I mean, I need to learn that. When I walk down the stairs in my high heels at work, yes. I feel like I'm clumping away. <laughs> oh, no, well, having lived with teenagers now for several years, they they have no kid. You know, if they ever get up early or something, then they clatter downstairs. I think this is this should be in every school curriculum. Um, the, you know, the Spanish royal family's teachings on how to descend a set of stairs quietly <laughs> and at the same time how to unstack a dishwasher and at the same time how to feed a cat. <laughs> Those are the three things I want my children to leave school with. Anyway, how cool that the royal, the lovely royal sisters and their lovely ballet plump, pumps can descend the stairs <laughs> quietly. How useful to know that. I mean, at royal life, it's something you'd need to know, wouldn't you? Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm sure they have back stairs and everything. They probably just don't have one set of marble stairs going down the front of how many palaces did I say they have? Um, those, Eight, was it? Yeah, I suppose you do need to learn that because there's probably not lifts in a monastery, is there? They wouldn't have modern lifts. That that have that wouldn't be heated. That would be freezing. <laughs> anyway. Yes, well, on that note, I think I'm going to go and look up how to walk downstairs quietly. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Let me know when you've uh, figured it out, Zoe. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. Thanks. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And, of course, don't forget to pick up the latest copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale Thursday. 